Hey folks, it's another episode of the Compulsive Podcast or the Videocast if you're watching that. Either way, there's going to be lots of links in the show notes for you. Uh, we have another very special guest today and a topic that I think we should all be interested in. And it's a hot topic too. Uh, things like automation and dev automation are so crucially important to, to what we do these days. So um, I'd like to introduce Ramiro Barresa. And um, if you'd like to introduce yourself and, you know, tell folks what you do. Yeah. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me here. Very excited to be uh, having this conversation with you. Uh, I am the founder of Octeto. Uh, Octeto is a company that, as you said, automates the developer experience of teams and organizations. I uh, couldn't agree more. A very important topic, especially as, you know, more and more companies build software of all kinds. Excited to be here and, and to talk more about this. Great. Yeah, it is a hot topic. You know, I, th I think we all know whatever part of the life cycle you're in for development, there, there's always one, you know, guarantee, which is you're never going to be given enough time to get done whatever you need to get done. So automating away, uh, you know, a lot of the tasks that are either repetitive or just do not need to be done by a human, I, I think is very important. Um, so, you know, from your perspective, you know, how do you feel and, and, and what do you feel is in, important from the automation standpoint, right? There are things that we know, you know, I think it's very common to these, you know, to developers these days. We all know CICD, right? You know, uh, the integration and deployment. But what do you think are, the, are sort of the, the key areas and often maybe some of the underrated key areas that people don't think about? I, I love that question because that... That is the question that made me kind of want to start Octeto and before that, a series of open source projects. I think a very underserved area of, of automation is the developer experience. For many years, and I, I, was, I worked for companies focused on that before, you know, as you said, the push was for CI/CD. You know, automate deployment to production, automate builds, testing, dependency management makes a lot of sense. We needed to do that. A lot of really wonderful technologies came out of there to really make our lives easier. Like, you know, 10 years ago, we used to deploy by hand, uh, copying yeah. binaries from computers to servers. Thankfully, we don't have to do that anymore. Once we solved that, what I started seeing is, okay, but wait a minute. There's all this work I'm doing every day on my laptop, on my workstation, that is very repetitive, that is very error prone and that and, and you said that on a previous question we had gets on the way of me doing my thing and this is what I call developer experience automation is and, and for everybody here in the audience it's like think of everything you do when you have a new ticket a new feature work assigned to you you have your whether using Jira or any other issue you, you get your assignment and then you have to go set up, you know, maybe run some microservices or set up your source code in a certain way, your branch, fire up a simulator. There's all these things you have to do by hand uh, that in some places I've worked at, it can be a readme with like 50 something steps or maybe something as simple as, you know, hey, Docker compose up. But there's all these steps you have to take just to get ready to work. And that to me is an area that um, I'm very passionate about. And it's an area that I feel like is starting to catch up, but it's not quite there yet of understanding why having this fully automated becomes an incredible multiplier for software teams. Because, you know, 
anything you can remove and we saw with production, but if you automate a task that you're doing every day, even if it takes five, 10 minutes, this is hours and hours of productivity back per individual. And then once you multiply this by the size of your team or your company, you have some serious gains there by automating all these things that, you know, before you, you get to the fun part, which is, you know, build features that make a difference for your audience. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think I, I know that anytime I, I, I get involved with a project um, or even spinning up a new project, there are certain things that you always know are going to happen, right? Outside of, you know, things like, let's just say a JIRA or some kind of ticketing system. But I think you, you really hit the nail on the head with there's there's things like certain environments that, you know, your your company that you work for or the project that you're working on um, will always need to spin up. And you do not need to be in the business of, okay, you know, the first two, the first two days or the first week of the project is going to be setting up the environment. No, that, that is so 1990s, you know, um, and, and we'll touch on it in, uh, as we go through this. But, but, you know, part of the beauty of, you know, like uh, the services that you offer and, and, and many others, but as I was working through um, some of the, the trials and the demos for yours is, you know, make a few selections. Let it spin up the environment for you. It's going to spit out some connections at the other end. You're good to go at that point. And, you know, we do not have to go. I, I feel sometimes as engineers, we kind of, it's that self-inflicted pain of, well, if it's too easy, I must have done it wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yes. and it, it's terrible that we put ourselves through that. But then we do these things like spinning up these environments. And, and, and so, you know, I'll touch on it. When I was doing work through the demo for, for your services, I was like a couple, I, th I think it was like two or three clicks of making a couple of selections and then it did its thing and it's like, well, there you go. And I was sitting there like, immediately I thought I, I must have done something wrong because <laughs> it shouldn't be this simple, you know? And then you realize that I'm the problem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I mean, more than the problem is is what I want to enable with this. And, and it's not just us. There's like a lot of companies. Uh, it's really cool to see there's a movement around, you know, different ways of doing it, but there's a movement around developer experience is this general sense of this is not the hard part, like for you, like for you as a developer in an organization, spinning up environments is not what makes, you know, your company successful. It's not what makes a difference for your customers. That's what I mean by not the hard part. And it is hard. Yeah. But if you can automate that, if you can make that a not an issue in a way that, as you said, New project, new environment. You're done with your feature, destroy the environment, launch another one uh, yeah. without having to think about it. Then you can focus on, on the difficult things of like, hey, how do I make sure that my customers get a great service? They enjoy this feature. And, and that for me is, is key. Is I really want to make this idea of, of, hey, you need things to work, a database, data, services, you know, cloud resources completely a non-issue and something you spin up in the morning and when you're done you're done you destroy them you have no remorse you're not like yeah. well but if i delete this i have my data there and then tomorrow it's gonna take me like half a day to get back to where i was i'm like no do not worry about that the environment is something the same way that you know when you um 
open your faucet and water comes out. You don't think of where the water is coming from. Same yep. thing. And, and this goes for the environment and everything that comes with it. Because I believe that most developers should not be, they shouldn't carry this toil, this mental weight of where do I get my data from? Which version of database do we need to use this time? Where do I get the latest version of this or that service? Or where do I, how do I spin up this backend? No, especially where you know, modern applications have multiple pieces and it's deeply unfair to expect that every type of developer needs to know all of this or yeah. more than developers, right? Like product designers, QA, in some cases, even like, you know, sales, everybody is like, they don't have to know all this. If they could just go and say, hey, yeah, give me an environment with the latest. Awesome. I can now use it for my personal, like whatever I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing, a feature, a demo, a test, um, mm-hmm. a conversation with a customer. If we can make that transparent, instant, on demand, that's going to unlock so much productivity. And I'm, I'm very excited where we are. But more than just us, I'm truly excited that there's now an ecosystem growing of companies that really care about this problem. And at the same time, more important, that more and more companies get it and they understand that they need to invest in developer experience automation to make their teams effective. And that to me is a, it's such a change from, you know, when I started my career many years ago, let's say that of, of as you were saying, everything done by hand. Yep. And, and I'm glad we're now focusing on developers. And once we solve this problem, I'm sure other problems will appear. But right now, for me, I'm, I'm very passionate. I do believe that this is the problem to solve right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's it seems so strange to me now when I think back to my, well, I say my early days, but even arguably the more recent days in, in some places that I, I've worked where, you know, moving things around by like FTP and, and things like that. And it's like, yeah, I remember how painful that was, you know, or even things like, you know, going into the server and doing this and doing this secure copy for those who know what that is and all of these things. And the first time I sat down and and I remember it wasn't even for like a work project. It was just me as a developer saying I, there's a better way and, and I need to educate myself, even if, you know, places I'm working are not using it or something like that. I, I need to know. And and so the first time I did like a repository and, and you know, pushed it something to a repository and it automatically ran a build and went off to the server, you know, it's like the light goes on and you're like, yeah, I should care about the problems I need to solve. And all the other problems have either been solved for me or someone else is working on it. And I think that, you know, the approach now that... It, I look at the things is it's very rare you do something unique when it comes to to spinning up your environments. I mean, it does happen, right? So it's very much that case of do the hard work once, right? We're not saying there isn't any hard work, but, you know, if I'm in a team of, it doesn't even matter how many, right? Three or more developers, let's say, you know, especially when you get to hundreds and multiple teams, if I am responsible for something that I deliver in an environment and I can deliver that to you in a package, either you just push the button or you add that package to you, to some other distribution that then gets spun up, uh, you know, I've saved my time of me doing it for you 
uh, possibly having to educate you how to do it and then working through the issues with you right you know and and having things like um you know just this this basically this service that says run that run me another instance of that have each of my hundred developers have their own instance so they don't mess with each other's problems i mean it is such a you know it, it's surprising to me that you still have to sometimes explain to people why this is a good thing right um, i mean i'm, I'm a comber there I, I agree i mean it's it's the early days of this and and i think it's what you said earlier it's one of those things that Sometimes it's hard to understand at the beginning okay, why do I need to invest on this? But once you see it running, everybody's like, wait, why were, were we not doing this before? Like, I've seen, I mean, I'm very lucky in the sense that, you know, through our customers, I get to interact with a lot of these companies at the beginning of a journey when they start to question, hey, how do we make my teams more effective? I want to make sure that, you know, the onboarding is fast. I want to make sure that they're effective as they, you know, as they work through the different problems. And then I, 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 I mean, we talk, I kind of show them the product, they, they decide to adopt it, and then I get a chance to see them maybe six months later, 12 months later, when the solution is fully implemented. And, and you can see how it, it's their whole idea of like, of course, of course we need this. Like, there's no way we could function. Like, well, how did we do this before? Because now you have, and I, I, you said the scale is very important, teams of like five, ten, hundreds we have a couple of more than a couple now, several customers in like the multiple hundreds of users, and just seeing an entire company be able to like, oh, go here, click a button, select the environment, wait a minute, it's up and running. And then what I really like, and I think it's something that your audience can identify with, is that then you start seeing this across different types of teams. Because then, and this happened actually to me recently, one of our customers they're building this kind of super bleeding edge. I can't say much, but like software for like shopping for like stores and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And now they have like mobile developers who are building things, you know, for like point of sale, whatever. And then they discovered, Oh wait, through Octero or through like, you know, any of these platforms of fulfillment environments, I can speed up an environment for the mobile team. Oh, and, they, and for them, there was such a, a, a massive unlock of like, wait, I don't have to open a ticket anymore. I don't have to go chase, you know, my friend in the DevOps team to be like, hey, please, can you like help me out, spin this up? And for them, it was just this massive, hey, I'm no longer blocked by this. I don't have to plan for this ahead. Now I can spin up as many as I want, you know, with control and governance, which means that now my team is way more effective than before. And this translates to the business in two ways. One is faster, you're shipping software faster, which is always a good thing. You're going to be able to beat your competition, iterate faster. But a second one that I think is not, something that companies still not fully grasp, developer satisfaction is super important. When you see companies where developers have the tools they need to do their work and they feel empowered and they don't feel like, you know, like working is a drag because of the lack of, of whatever they need, they are like 10 times better. They're more bold. They innovate faster. They take more risks, but they're also more secure about it. They have more ownership of what they do. It's like night and day, like walking to a company where you see that the company cares about their satisfaction. They invest on experience. They invest on this and other types of tools, right? Like the same way that, you know, I remember the days before 
source control and before CI and then you work with a team that had all these things in place you were like it's not a day and I'm, I'm so much better for it that is very exciting and that is something that I'm very glad to see more and more and to see it now to be a concern not just for you know backend teams or API teams but for everybody mobile teams need environments if you're building a desktop application you know Mac OS I'm pretty sure you're calling some APIs. So you need oh, those yeah. APIs. And yeah. old school, you can call production, but then you may not have the features you need. And you can manipulate the data, or you have to risk it with like a staging environment that might be shared. Or in this new world, you go to a UI, spin up your environment, put whatever data you need, work with it. When you're done, shut it down, ship your feature, and everybody's much more excited. That to me is is really cool, especially because it's something that we didn't plan for and our customers, our community showed us the way and they discovered this value. I was like, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Of course, of course, this is useful for this. You know, if you're building a mobile app, you're building an embedded device, um, you still need these APIs and and you need a a service and you need to automate a database and all these things. And that's really cool. Yeah, I would imagine it, it must be incredibly rewarding for you all when you have customers using something that you make in a way that you hadn't predicted, hadn't anticipated, and you suddenly realize, yeah, we never thought of that either, and now they're doing this. And and so the reward of essentially them getting excited about your product and, and selling the idea back to you that you didn't have to begin with, you know, is is, is justification, I would imagine, for, for, like you say, a whole lot of this, right? The, the, the time and the effort that you put into making these things, uh, you know, frankly, so simple for people to use because I think... The- time for a break. All right, here it is. The one thing that I cannot do without every day, and that is my coffee. Anyone that knows me or anyone that's listened to any of my podcasts or anything else knows that I absolutely cannot operate without my coffee and I love good coffee. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you one free bag of coffee by going to peterwidom.com forward slash coffee. There is a wonderful company out there that follows the fair trade practices, helps out a lot of independent roasters of all sizes, and the operation is simple. What you do is you're going to go to, to peterwidom.com forward slash coffee. You sign up there. You get a free bag of coffee sent to you. Yes, in return. They say thank you to me by giving me some coffee. But that's not the reason I'm doing this. The reason I'm doing this is because I have found so many good coffees that I just would never have come across, heard about, or experienced without this service. Trade coffee is is just fantastic. Uh, You know, there are plenty of places out there. We all know them that supply coffee, good coffee. You can go to the store, get the coffee, but there is nothing better than discovering new independent roasters and supporting them, discovering new flavors of coffee, new grinds for, you can set it up, it's very smart, you tell it the kind of coffee you like, and over time it gets better and better as it trains in on your selections and your choices and gives you exactly the coffee you're looking for and recommending new ones that that will be very similar. Every time I get a new packet of coffee, I go through and afterwards I... try the coffee i go through the service and i say look i loved this coffee i thought this coffee was okay or i say look i this was really not for me 
And every time I do that, it makes the service a little more accurate on the next selection for me. So again, just go to peterwidham.com forward slash coffee. Get your free bag of coffee today. If you're a coffee lover, you're going to really appreciate this service. I have been using it for years at this point and thoroughly recommend it. Break time over. That that's a big key area right there. And and you you absolutely nailed it. Remember with when you said like developer satisfaction, you know, we've we've been through this. We're still going through this now, but um you know, there is over the years as software has become a fundamental part of of everybody's everyday life, right? Not just the you know the select few or that, but now with the phones and and everything else, whether anybody realizes it or not, absolutely everybody is hugely dependent on software to just even do the simple things. And uh, you know we've seen this year, last year, developers. Um, the, the worst thing that can happen, like when I see it, you know, I'm always watching out for it in my developers on my teams is that once a developer starts to get demotivated because they're doing those repetitive tasks or they're doing the things that it's like, gosh, I got to do this again, you know, or this isn't working again, but it was working. All of those kind of things. Once they start down that path, it is really hard to get either yourself back on track or to help get them back on track. Because if there's no shining light of a solution, they're looking at it going, what? Well, you know, I'm going to go through this every time, right? And and then you start things like developer churn at companies and things like that. But if you can provide not only the tools, and, and you are so right about providing tools and services, you know, they they may, they always seem to be that thing on a budget that's like, well, do we need it? And it's like, well, do you want, you know, a, a happy workplace, happy teams and good products? Then it pays for itself. That's the answer right there, you know, especially because no one stops and thinks like, okay, let's just say a a service costs $100, whatever that service may be. The amount of hours it would in cost for your developers to sit and do that is going to be way more than $100. I mean, it's that simple, you know, Um, and, and trying to get people to think about it that way, right? That is very important. That is a transition that, is happening. It's taking a bit longer. I think there's companies who still, and I get it, they struggle with that. You know, they see the price and they're like, okay, how do I justify, as you said, no, a hundred develop, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. per developer. And that's where it's it's on us as vendors, and and I think everybody is is really doing a good job of like elevating the benefits from talking about like kind of like the benefits to the developer to hey, as an organization, you're saving this much time. And what you said is key. Software is now part of our everyday lives. And this means, and, and, and I know it's a cliche, but it's true that pretty much any company is a software company. What this means, though, and I think this is something that more and more you know, CTOs, founders, or, or kind of top engineering people are, are trying to realize is this means that being good at software is more and more equally important than being good at your business. Like a global bank, I once chatted with a, the CTO of a global bank um, and they were like, yeah, like we're a bank, but we're really a software company because we're shipping mobile apps, websites, mm-hmm. software for the ATMs. And if my team is not better at building a mobile app than the team of like the other bank next door, 
my customers are going to go to the other bank because eventually you'll be like, oh, I hate this. Look at this other bank. They have the coolest app. And, and that is something that I, I, I talk a lot about, which is organizations need to understand that software is more and more the biggest differentiator they have. And being good at delivering software, at quality, at meeting their customers' expectations, and ideally going above them, is key. And that's where investing in everything you said, satisfaction, tooling, anything that friction, reduces friction, pays back, you know, tens, a hundred X. And, and that's where, you know, we, it's also on us to, as developers, as platform people, to kind of help explain, hey, look at this. Look at these savings. Look at all these intangibles. I was having a, a chat right before this, this recording with um, somebody at their company, a, a director of developer experience, and he was talking about this, how like surveys, sentiment is equally important than metrics to evaluate, is my team motivated? Are they yeah. going to like punch all their weight? Or as you said, are they going to be like all bored and, and cranky and just sit around and do nothing? And I've worked in companies and teams in, in both sides of this spectrum. And the difference is like brutal in, in, in their ability to, you know, to do what you think is not possible. And, and it's very right. exciting when you work with a team that's motivated, enabled, with a clear mission. And, you know, there's no magic bullet. Software is a part of that. Tools is a part of that. But it's an important part. Oh, uh, yeah, it absolutely is. You know, d- definitely abstracting away th- those things that, you know... Sometimes you're like, gosh, I don't, I don't want to ask anyone to do this, <laughs> you know, because you look at it, and you're like, I wouldn't want to do this. It's going to be difficult for me to ask someone else, but I got to. And, you know, like I always say um, to myself when I'm doing something and, and sort of my, my counsel, as it were, to, to other developers when, when they ask is uh, if you, you know, if you feel like you've done something too many times, we need to stop and say, Okay, we can. I'm certain we can automate this. Let's take time to do that, you know. And one of the things I like to do as well with my teams, for example, and with myself, is yes, you've you know you've got to make the products, you've got to ship the products, but you also need to allot time to say we need to do tasks for ourselves, right? There's always mm-hmm. something in engineering of any kind that you say, yeah, I should go back and do that better one day or or something like that. And automation is a part of that now, is a big part of that. And to say, okay, let's, you know, we just shipped a big product. Let's stop, not dive into the next thing, learn from what we did. And is mm-hmm. there anything there we can automate right now before we go and repeat the process? You know, that's, and things that's like that. Important. And And I want to ask you because... I went through, you know, as I say, I went through sort of the demo on the site and was like, oh, that, that was fast, <laughs> you know. And, and actually, very, I'm, I'm one glad, very you went key to that. thing. Yes. Yeah, no, I did. And one, one very notable thing at the end, which caught my attention and made me go, oh, yeah, was I forget the exact phrasing, but it, you know, it, it basically said, and did you notice that you didn't download anything, right? It all happened huh. remotely. And I was like, yeah. Wait, where was the downloading the NPM packages, the the tools, the frameworks, running it up, filling in templates? And then I realized, was like, oh, yeah, there was none of that. So, you know, I want to ask you, um, 
what do you think are some of the differentiators that make you sort of stand out in the crowd? Because just by doing that demo, I saw some, but I think it would be better uh-huh. to hear it from you. Right. So that, that is a big differentiator. I think what makes Octeto very different from other solutions in the market is that we decided very early on to take this developer experience as our focus. Like there are other products in the world that they take platforms as like, okay, you have dev, test, QA, staging, and production. And it's all the same. We like from day one, we're like, no, no, like we know that, you know, the developer experience is different. Like the experience you need to provide your developers while they're writing code is very different from when you're shipping code in production. And that's where features like what you saw, the ability to like spin this environment remotely where you don't have local dependencies and then you do NPM install on the cloud where it's faster because you're closer to NPM where you have a, a, a network with a lot much more bandwidth, more resources. Mm-hmm. That's something that makes Octeto very unique. Also, we have this ethos of, can you say it before, like making everything like simpler and almost like hide it. Like when you deploy your environment with Octeto, we do things like we build your images on demand directly in the cluster. We have all these shortcuts to hide the image tag and the names. You don't have to spend time on those things. We invested a lot into like caching and predictions because what we want to do is we want Octeto to be transparent. I want you to deploy the environment, have it running, and really don't think of what happened in between. Like if we do our job well, you don't realize it's a remote environment and you don't realize it's running on Octero. It's just an environment that is there when you need it, that is gone when you don't need it. That has been something that's been a driving kind of one of the, this kind of like North Stars from day one. The other for us as well is we also, in parallel, have a very strong affinity to like platform teams because we understand that what you were saying before, right? Like teams need to automate this. It's not done for one person. It's for the entire mm-hmm. team. So we, again, very early on, as we were building these features for development, one of the first questions we asked our early user was like, hey, what would it take for you to like, you know, take to your company? And they were like, well, you know, my platform team will never accept this. And we're like, okay, why not? Let me go talk to them. And they'll be like, well, I need X, Y, and C. And a lot of the things were like, because, you know, platform teams understand this problem and they want to help. They are enablers. Like anybody who works at a platform team, they tend to be these people who are like very generous and like, hey, what you said that really I really like says, hey, I want to automate this, not for me, for like hundreds of people. So we went with them. We spent a lot of time talking, working with them. And, and a lot of requirements came around, hey, I want to be able to manage secrets, scale, policy. I want to shut down environments at night because I want to save you know money. I want to make sure that if a developer stops using an environment, after X time, just like delete it because nobody cares about the environment anymore. This makes Octeto very unique compared to others. And I think it's it's really, I mean, we're all developers. We're building this to a certain degree. We're still building this for ourselves in a good <laughs> way. And and this is where yeah. like a lot of the passion and the excitement and this makes me empathize with all of our customers. And then when that moment comes and you said, when like the customer says, oh, you know what? I tried this other thing with your product. Let me show you this really cool thing. And I was like, oh, you could do that. Oh, that's amazing. Great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Let me now share this with everybody else. That makes us like very different. Community, the, you know, we, we come from open source. We come from a world of like, 
we, we want to share this knowledge. We don't want to hoard it. We want to like enable everybody to pick the best tools and you know be transparent of when Octet is the best choice and when it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the culture we've built around this in the company of the product we're building. And that is something that I don't know how, but developers can tell. And when they talk to us and they see your product, that they get this extra. And that's been like really, really cool. But um, yeah, not having to install anything locally is something I love. Uh, I use Octeto, as you can imagine, for my own development. Yeah. And when I can, for whatever reason, I go back to like the always. Now I'm like, oh my God, this is so <laughs> hard. I forget it was this hard. Uh, the other day I was yeah. trying to spin up something, an instance in AWS. I was like, how do you use AWS? I completely forgot because now it's fully automated. Uh, so it's really funny. And and that I think is something that, you know, when I talk to other founders or, or developers, you know, using your own tools is very important because yeah. it shows no, you, when you're like building something commercially. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, occasionally, you know, just out of kind of a weird curiosity, I do go back to some of, you know, like my older projects that I know were either very manual or like you, as you mentioned at the beginning, have a long list of instructions to get something run that you're like, wow, really? And and every so often, I do like to go back and, and look at those again to make myself appreciate where we're at now and to then stop and think, well, geez, you know, I only did this product or this project like four or five years ago and now we're here. And then you stop and you think, Wow, where are we going to be a few years from now if we moved that quickly? But I, I think you're absolutely right. The, you know, the, when I went through the demo, one of the things that struck me well, there's two things. Um, you know, firstly, I think as a developer or an engineer, something like that, you get a feel for when you're using something that you know the people who are providing this service, these tools, are using themselves. It's kind of hard to explain, but it has that feel of, yeah, people have cared about the little things, right? Because you notice, like, you did that exactly the way I would want you to if I was to ask you to do it. And that, I think, is the difference between, you know, there's lots of services out there, and I'm not knocking anybody, but there's lots of services and platforms where it's like, got this idea, made this thing, shipped it, but either they don't use it themselves or they just made some assumptions that this must be what people want. And, you know, there's always that difference when you're going through a product or a service and you're like, no, I can tell the people care because it feels like sometimes if there's something that doesn't feel quite right to you, you're like, I bet it doesn't feel right to them either, but they haven't found a solution for it yet. And then there's other things where it's like, you know, gosh, I wish this this particular thing was this simple and then you do it and it's like, Oh great. Yeah. Someone must've really cared about this or hit this same pain point to do it. So, you know, I, I I get that as, as I'm working through it and it's also in the way that I think it walked me through the process and, you know, I, I'll, I'll name another one here. I'm not knocking them, but this is my, my own personal experience. Um, you know, every time I go to use something like Docker, I got to look it up again, right? It's like, I got to remind myself of all of the the shortcuts and the commands and everything else. But as I was going through this one, it, it, it kind of made sense, right? It was one of those stop, read the instructions, 
see what it's asking me, give it, you know, essentially common sense choices of what I made. And at the end of it, you know, did I get what I wanted out of it? And so it's also, I think, a credit to all of you how you you walk us through this process by simplifying what we know is very complicated under the hood, right? So, you know, that was something else that stood out to me as well. Thank you. That's, that's, I mean, the team's going to love this. It's, it's very exciting because it's, it's really cool to, to see, like, we do put a lot of attention on this. And, and you know, like, as, 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 as you said, as you go back and you kind of, everything's built on top of what was before, you know, we, we have the benefit of, of all these other tools who kind of, like, led the way in their experience. And, and that was something that for us, I do think it's an advantage that we're building something that you know, we use, we're very passionate. And you're right, like you yeah. can see in the small details. There are certain features we've built that are very hard to explain. But once you use them, you're like, oh, of course it's built this way. Yeah. Because it helps <laughs> in this flow. And and it's it's interesting because sometimes it's challenging when you're thinking, okay, do I build this? You know, as, as a founder, I always have this, someone like this recurring nightmare of like, am I building this just for myself? Or is there like <laughs> enough... People who like the same things I like, and you always try yeah. to balance it. But I'm, I, I mean, it, it, it feels my heart to, to to hear that you kind of caught on this. It's it's exciting, and it's it's you know, as, as a founder, as an engineer, uh, having people use our tools and and find them useful, and making sure that they use them to deliver on their own goals, mission, desires yes. is the best feeling in the world. This is why I always I've always been in developer tools most of my life, of my professional life, I should say. Before that, I only care about football. Now I care about football and developer tools. Uh, but it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and it is. And and that's why, you know, like folks like yourself, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, any of the listeners don't know, normally what we do uh, when I'm bringing someone on the podcast, um, I talk, talk with them beforehand to get a feel for does this feel like something that I think is, you know, number one of interest to me. Number two, interesting to the person that I'm interviewing. And number three, uh, do I think the audience will benefit from something? And, and you know, I'll, I'll be transparent. There's, there's folks who I've not had on um, because it just didn't feel right. Um, but, you know, when you and I started talking about the automation stuff and maybe it was fortuitous that I was going through some pain at the time of some some lack of automation. And I'm like, oh, OK, I got to get got to do this. Um, but, you know, there was something there that I, I thought fo- folks need to know about this. Right. And they need to realize, too, that there's there's more than one solution to, to any problem. You know, like I say, I, yeah. my own personal experience. I'm not the greatest with Docker. I don't think I'm ever going to be um, because I, I'm, I'm a visual guy, right? You know, and I get it when it's in front of me. If, if I have to type uh-huh. pages of commands, um, it's not going to stick in my head, you know. Um, and, and I'll say that the, the UI was, was, like I say, very straightforward. It was like, if, you know, and I always say, if I can get it, Everybody else can too, you know, because because the old joke right about you know well you know yes I'm an engineering manager now so it's like if I can understand it you know everybody else will. <laughs> Is I, there anything I else? I really empathize with that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, you want to mention that we haven't covered? Uh, no, I mean I think we covered a lot. I think I think something something I wanted to do is kind of like a, a call yeah. to your listeners. Like I touched on that a brief earlier, but you know more and more companies have platform teams. And platform teams, 
like they're built to help developers and enable them and making the go fast. So for those of you who are listening and you're not part of the platform team, talk to them, like bring them mm. these challenges. Like, you know, don't take the automation challenge as something you have to do on your own, like leverage the resources, but do share your, call this kind of your pain and your joys and your dreams. Cause there's a lot of teams and I used to be in a team like that where we're always looking for like, Hey, how can we help? How can we make everything better? So, you know, if anything I said today resonates with you, is something you feel like, Oh, I wish I had that at my company. Go talk to your platform team. I'm sure they'll be more than happy to like do a session with you and kind of understand where you're coming from and then try to figure out how to offer it. But it's something that I really recommend everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a resource. It's new. It's not super well understood. You know, it might be called platform engineering, it might be called DevOps, it might be called developer experience. But do use that resource and, and, and share this and, and share, you know, I always like to do this kind of magic wand exercise. Of, hey, if you had a magic wand, what would your developer experience would look like? Because you don't know, maybe, you know, technology, as, as you said, moves so fast that things that were not possible five years ago, they are now. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, talk to them. They'll make their day. And, you know, we might just get the dev experience of your dreams. You know, that that is such good advice because it happens, right? You you one day you end up in a conversation with another team and you you realize that, oh, they have the same pain point or they have a solution that's already working for them to a problem that you have. And, you know, if you didn't have that conversation, <laughs> you'd still be there tomorrow. Um, and I think, like you say, you know, especially things like mobile, for example, where we're always consuming APIs from somewhere else. It's just, that's the way it works. Someone has to provide them. Maybe it's part of your team. Maybe it's part of the other team. So anybody that you interface with in any way you should be having these conversations, I think, yeah. regularly, right? Because there may be a solution, like I say, they have or you have that helps each other out. Or you may all be looking to solve a problem and go have that conversation, you know, with, with folks like Ramiro and see they may have the solution for all of you, right? That You know, yeah. it's very easy to feel like you're the only one with the problem when you don't reach out and say, is this happening to anybody else, you know? And so I, I think... I think that's super important. So, you know, let's tell folks, right? Let, let's tell them yeah. exactly where to go to, to talk with you about this. Yeah, no, and, and one thing we do that I, I love doing is we hold these weekly uh, Zoom calls. We call them DevX Coffee. Uh, oh, you can go nice. to octero.com or if you want, just shoot me an email at podcast at octero.com uh, and we can set that up. I, I'm always looking, you know, for like this kind of conversations. If you want to brainstorm about it, if you want to learn a bit more, if you want to, you know, ask for some tips or maybe share some of your experience in, in how you're approaching this problem in how you're partnering with the DevX platform teams. I'm there. Uh, one of the biggest, most fun things I get the chance to do as, as a founder is have these kind of conversations. I always learn a lot. And sometimes I have a chance to share some of what I've learned as well. So please don't be shy. Just, just go to octeta.com. We have uh, the forum there or, you know, podcast at octeta.com and we can continue the conversation there. Thank you, Ramiro. And we, folks, we will also put lots of links in the show notes. And, and I, I'm going to tell folks, like, you know, take, gosh, I, I can't even remember how long it was, but it was quick. Take 10, 15 minutes, go try the demo, right? Even if you don't think you need it today, 
take the demo because it's going to set off some ideas in your head just like it did for me and you know that will then be sitting with you so the next time you come to deal with problems like this because it's going to happen uh <laughs> yes. you know hopefully you're going to remember and go oh yeah let's let's go have that conversation let's talk about it so we'll put lots of link in the show notes um you know so ramira i thank you so much for for spending the time with me today and taking time out to talk with me on this i i know you're super busy um and i really appreciate it and i i hope that folks totally get right you know the the passion that's coming across here to solve these problems and and to take these head on and to make life better for for anyone in any part of the development process right you know front end back end doesn't matter where it is um you know i love coming across folks like yourself who are just passionate about solving these problems so so thank you for your time greatly appreciate it yeah, thank you for having me, Peter. It was a lovely conversation. Uh, I really liked uh, your style and everything we share here. As you said, I'm very passionate about this. I'm always looking for opportunities to talk to more people of the space. and Because, you know, together we're making this better. Hopefully it's slightly better for everybody. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we can have some fun while we do it, even better. So thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to, you know, more, more future conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And folks, get, get out there. Check out this stuff. Trust me. It's, it's a real eye-opener. If you've never done it, you, you're in for a treat. And if you've used, you know, some of these kind of other services and things like that, compare them, right? You know, um, and, and, and like I say, try that demo. Believe me, it really opened my eyes. And I thought I was doing pretty good on these things until I was like, oh, there's an even better way. So, yeah. All right, folks, that's what we got for you in this episode. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Check out all the links in the show notes. Take some time out of your day to do this, right? You know, I think the takeaway here is, Automation, yes, it requires a little time up front, but all the time and pain you save yourself in the future makes it worthwhile. So uh, that's what we got for you, and we will speak to you in the next episode.